This episode is brought to you by the American Homebrewers Association, a community of more than 40,000 fermentation aficionados. Members enjoy unlimited access to thousands of medal-winning and clone recipes, a library of instructional videos, plus a subscription to Zymergy Magazine. A one-year membership is just $43 and includes so many benefits. Join at homebrewersassociation.org. Support for Brewed Up comes from Simi Valley Homebrew Shop. Simi Valley Homebrew Shop is located in Simi Valley, California, and is one of the only homebrew shops in the Ventura County. Open seven days a week, the shop is packed with everything you need to make your own beer, wine, cider, cheese, and more. Simi Valley Homebrew Shop also offers shipping nationwide. Visit SimiValleyHomebrew.com to browse all available items and to place a pickup order for all recipes and equipment. I'd also like to thank our sponsors, BSG Handcraft, producers of The Grainfather, the original all-in-one electric brewing system. No need for propane or hot plates. Just plug it in and start brewing. Available near you wherever quality homebrewing equipment is sold. Thank you for tuning in to Brewed Up, a podcast where two LA-based female homebrewers chat, laugh, and learn about craft beer, homebrewing, and whatever else comes to mind. Tyler and Lori both have brewed many styles of beer, cider, and meat, and are always up for experimenting. This show is available to listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, HoppedLA.com, and wherever else you like to listen. Now here's the show. It's up to you guys. If you have one, if you, if you need the, the beginning, if you need the bidding. Well, we're smart and we just. Oh, are you just, do you, oh you used once? Oh, you did it once. Yeah. No, okay, for using okay. Andy, Andrew. <laughs> Oh, I can do it now. We're recording. Ready? Andrew, Go for yeah. it. Oh, it exploded. Nice. Perfect. Well, <laughs> now I have to try to chop out your voice at the end of that. So thanks. No. Okay. Wow. <laughs> um, wait, so when are we opening our beers? Or we'll just open it whenever. He just opened his beer. That's not a homebrew. Cheater. I have a homebrew on the desk. Uh, this is an extra beer. I have a homebrew on the table already. All right. Well, that's fine. <clears throat> oh, he just wanted to do the... <laughs> Let's do the sound. <laughs> He's cracking cans for us. Okay, we've captured it. Wait, who's starting this? Can. <laughs> Heidi Ho. <laughs> you can start it, Lori. I don't want to say that. Okay, I'll start. You, you go. And then I'll pop on. All right. <clears throat> Hold on. Heidi Ho neighbors, welcome to another episode of Brewed Up, your favorite rustic homebrew podcast rustic i love that word um all right so we're here today with a legend uh, i don't know a legend i don't know about he that. is a legend in the home brewing community all right we'll lower it down a little bit the president of cal home brewers and the coolest contributor slash co-host to brewlosophy and the full pint some other great podcasts that you guys should be listening to his name is andy carter 
Welcome, Andy. How are you doing? Oh, welcome. Thanks for having me on. I'm a big fan of your guys' podcast. I think I probably found it around episode two, and I was like, oh, what is this going on here? And it was, you know, I have you know all these podcasts I listen to. Be frank, it's a lot of guys just talking and talking about stuff I already know about. And I was really glad to hear two females in the homebrewing community, very active in the homebrew community, and not only, you know be whip smart but also like learning stuff which i like to do because i've been learning for a long time and still learning everything to this day and so that that was really cool you guys started it and i'm really happy and glad to be here oh my god what such kind words i love that compliment thank you sorry i'm blushing (laughs) my heart is palpitating she's crying a little bit she's crying i know i'm wipe the tears so like andy andy's a home brewer he's the guy but like who is Andy, we just reviewed that. Um, anything else you want to like? How long have you been homebrewing? How'd you oh, get into it? Good, good question. So I've been homebrewing. It's been about eleven or twelve years now, because it took like a small pause um, during it, like for maybe like six, eight months. Um, but you know, I think I got into it. You know, and always been kind of a tinkerer. You know, you know, you know, DIY kind of person. Though I never really was good with like construction stuff. I think I was or never art. Uh, but in college, you know, I think when, when one does, they get into alcohol. I started later on and, you know, I was like, okay, I like making stuff. And I like beer a lot, I like craft beer a lot. That was like, oh, wait, when you know, I started drinking craft beer and I'm like, oh, this is fun. And what's homebrewing? So I like, I read that Charlie Papazian book for like a year before I did anything. It's like, I got to know it all. Um, and I got my first kit in 09 and I'm like, okay, I think this is a lot of fun. I think I hit like a rough patch early on, like maybe 10, 10 or 12 in. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is for me. Beers are kind of coming out mixed. And that was when I met uh, everyone at Vibe, the Ventura Independent Beer Enthusiasts. And I got a lot of really good feedback about my beer. And that was it. I was just off the races. So, Yeah, the Homebrew Club like fellowship is super key. No, yeah, I'm huge on that. I think, yeah, like I said, the only reason, like I said, why I got it back into brewing or why I got out of my slump was meeting them. And I'm, I think the single biggest thing you can do other than maybe there's no new resources now, a decade ago at least, you know, back then. If you didn't have someone hanging out with you and explaining stuff and like walking you through maybe why you have an issue, I mean, you're just fucked and be clear. You were just, you know, you were, you were yeah, not going to happen. So I know I agree. It's the same thing with me and SCC. Like I kind of stopped. I was kind of wavering because I was doing it alone and people were kind of drinking my stuff, but I didn't really have anyone to fellowship with. So as soon as I joined SCC, that, yeah, that changed a lot. I feel like my beer has gotten better. I learned so much. So. Also, I'm rereading that Charlie Papazian book right now. And <laughs> it's pretty I'm funny like, to go back to it. It's so weird to go back to, but I'm like, I kind of want to reread this, get back to the, you know, I don't know, the basics, I guess, whatever. But that's cool. Yeah. I think they've done a few new additions and or another like uh, chapter or like another book to it. I think the big takeaway from like what they had back then versus what we have now is there was no industry in homebrewing. Mm-hmm. So it's all make yourself like take a bucket, drill holes at the bottom of it. Now you have a mash tun, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know, take repurpose this hose. It was very, very DIY. And now, I mean, I, we'll probably talk about Simi Valley at home some at some point because I met Tyler well, we were masked up once when I was buying stuff, oh my God. but it's like, now it's like you can buy any, any price point. There's a pre-made thing for you, right? You can spend a hundred dollars. You can spend $10,000, whatever you want. It pretty much makes the same thing at the end of the day. I'm sorry to tell you the guys that bought the $10,000 units, uh, but you know, uh, you can buy it if you want. So yeah, it was so barbaric <laughs> back then, you know, <laughs> just kidding. Um, so Andy, Wait, for our viewers, sorry, what, what's the Charlie, the Charlie P book. So it's called I... the joy of home Burring. 
by Charlie oh. Papazian. Mm-hmm. And it was like, if, if most people that maybe they started a brewery or, you know, maybe 20 years ago, they're getting into home brewing. It's like the first book. Cause there was no John Palmer. There was no brewlosophy. There was no anything. Right. So it was this kind of, I don't even, I probably have it on a bookshelf here somewhere. I don't want to get up and destroy my, I can actually, I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> I, I might go for it at some point, but, um, but it's very DIY. I think the big thing though, is it's like 50% of it's like, you know what? Just relax. Don't worry. Have a homebrew. It's yeah. like just like self motivation, positive reinforcement. It's not just about the beer. It's like, let's just like, let's get you through this, man. So it's, it's cool like that. Yeah. That's where that phrase comes from. What is it in? Nice. Just relax. Have a homebrew. Re- 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 I think, I think people change it a bit. I think it's, I, I say relax. Don't worry. Have yes. a homebrew. You might say like, just relax, have a homebrew or something like that in the book too. So we get the, we get the point across, you know, we get the room. Yeah. Just, just, just chill out. <laughs> That's yeah. that is like homebrew scripture is the like yeah telling, it is. telling someone like it'll be beer yeah it'll whatever it is will be fine I love that yeah. so what are you drinking Andy so um, this is a experiment but now that I've finished the data collection mm-hmm. I just blend the two kegs together I just pour half and half so this is a British golden ooh um, and. Uh, think that one will drop in a week or two um what it, what i did um you know in in the philosophy sense for people that don't know about philosophy we we do two you know a beer but we change one thing between two recipes two vessels and then we serve those beers blind to people we don't do that now with covid so we do it at home there's a way we can talk about later about how we mix up beers so that we're as blind as possible um, and then we see if we can perceive a difference. So it's, it's on all in opaque glasses. And um, it, with statistics, if you had people, you could do some basic statistics. And you can say if you need this many people to identify the two beers correctly in a triangle test. Um, and if they do that, then, you know, we report that data. So, you know, more often than not, it comes back not, not significant. But, you know, you'll be surprised what comes back significant. I'm more probably more surprised what comes back not significant than what comes back significant Mm -hmm. uh, if that makes sense like like really that doesn't matter (laughs) like when i think the one that blew me away was um someone dry hop with like one with mosaic one with citra or one with galaxy one with mosaic or something that i thought like oh those have distinct profiles nope no way nice same so it's uh, it's pretty cool yeah philosophy is cool that's that's one of the first homebrew podcasts i started to listen to and uh i mean we don't have to get too deep into it but I started, yeah, listening like season one and I learned a ton. I mean, now you guys are doing all sorts of crazy shit, but like it was like the basics at the beginning. Um, I think yeah. before you were a part of it and it was like, mm-hmm. does the, the uh, you know, fermentation vessel matter or does the mash temp- like little basic things that like homebrewers freak out about. So it's cool. Listen to it if you have time. I think it's it's pretty yeah. good. It's pretty cool. Um, Tyler, what are you drinking? Uh, are we drinking our experimental homebrews now? Because I gotta crack it mm-hmm. open. What? I can find mine. I can find mine in a minute when we go around. I have mine as well. I just crushed a little baby can from our nope. friend Ruben Leon, Burning Bridge mm-hmm. Brewing. He made some like really good pilsner, and it's I just fucking crushed it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, these little baby cans. Um, this was an eight ounce. I think it's like an eight, eight ounce. I was like, like a mini Coke. Perfect. 
it's a that's a funny story because uh there's a brewery in chicago that had a can of pilsner and eight ounces called little buddy so it's like your last beer if you're at the bar just like going nuts and you're like i need like one uh-huh. more or like one half a beer it's, it's um, great because of the because of the can shortage uh little buddies no more so they made big buddy now which is the full 16 ounce version of little buddy um so they hope little buddy will come back but uh yeah it was funny they ran out of cans you're gonna see a lot of uh yeah we'll see how the can thing goes i don't know it's kind of i love a smaller portion you can especially if you're like tasting stuff i went to la ill works and they don't do um tasters anymore but they do do half half pints now and i was like okay so i'm actually pretty i'm pretty stoked to drink this my experiment because it's something that i brewed like i guess actually almost a year ago april it's a saison and I threw all kinds of bread in it and nice, nice. it's been chilling. So I haven't tasted it in probably six months. So I have no idea what it's going to taste like, but you stored it. Uh, do you start warm or solid cold warm? It's just been in my closet. Okay. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I think that, that Brett should develop a bit maybe. Yeah. So it's not a, not the Sorry. best color, but it's pretty clear. I mean, from here, probably not on the camera. Mm hmm. So anyway, yeah, I just threw some bread in it. It was the first bread thing I did, and I have some bottles in my closet, and I don't know. Let's taste it. Mmm. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. It's, like, really subtle, but it's got some, like, fruitiness, funkiness. I wish I remember what kind of bread I threw in there. Hmm. That's terrible. It's somewhere on my laptop Hmm. somewhere, but... It's actually pretty. I think I have a bottle of that in my cellar. Yeah. Mm. That turned out pretty nicely. I have like three three more 12 ounce bottles. Maybe I'll submit it to like a comp or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's a, uh, yeah, the comp stuff, it can always get a little dicey. I, I, someone asked me once, uh, you know, they had this amazing, and actually it's funny they say this. I, I'm about to open up a, Belt, a barrel aged stout would I have as an experiment Ooh. here but someone had asked me this was a few years ago um, they asked me like hey I have this really great barrel aged stout I, like I think you could do well at competition it's like should I enter I'm like don't enter he's like why not I'm like because it's good and you don't want to give it away <laughs> like don't give it away if it's good yes. like if it's if it's no if it's no loss to you then okay cool right but yeah I think that's something for me that changed a lot over time about competitions and stuff is that early on it's good to get that like you know completely objective they don't know who you are feedback um but you learn over time and i think this is even a fault that i have at judging is like the feedback can only go so far the ceiling on feedback when you're not talking to them like when it's one way is it's it's not that high and you get points so i re kind of reevaluated myself how i think about competitions is like i'm here to support the club i'm submitting to so if like i'm being to aha or i'm giving it toked or I'm giving to, you know, Falcons or whoever. It's like that money is going to the club to help the club out. And I'm like, okay, the beer is like secondary. So that's how I think about the cost. And yeah, I win, I win, you know, and I've won. And that's been fun. That's been awesome. Like I've had great opportunities by winning homebrew competitions. But, um, you know, I don't see that as the the, the, the score sheet means, it means something to me, but it, the, the number and the feedback mean a little bit less now, just because I know the ceiling on feedback is like, eh, it's okay. It's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Especially for something yeah, you've waited on for so long. Yeah. Yeah. It's special. I bet those the is there a Brett what would you put it in? Wild? There's a there's special categories now from twenty fifteen for wild. They're reworking them too. I think you'll see new ones get published. I don't know, in a year or two. They're still working them out, but basically redoing all 
all of the wild stuff. Um, I think they're yeah. also working on kind of a certification for wild and sour. Um, I'm not a part of it. I've just heard this like third hand on Facebook. It is so, like, also different. Yeah. Don't give an yeah. anonymous judge your special beer. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> it's also the, the difficulty of that is like, if I gave you a, a barrel aged out with a cocoa nibs and coffee and coconut, it'd be like, this is delicious. And yeah. you might still only get like a 38 points or 40 points. Yeah. The person will appreciate it. If you give them some like, okay, this has been barrel aged for six, six years. It's got three levels of pediococcus. It's got, you know, this pretanomyces I caught on a farm <laughs> and the guy doesn't know what a wild ale is. It's not going to do well. Now a good competition, which is why I say support good competition, support competitions that you want to support is that those competitions will put the right judges in front of the beers and give the beer a fair shake. Hmm, right. Okay. So that that's the other side of it, I guess. So, hmm. you know, there's no more wild ale only competitions now or wild focused ones. So the judging will meet the moment in that regard, I think. Well, look, we can go on about this. We have a lot of opinions, um, oh. but we're going to get back to the main reason we brought you here, Andrew, is to talk about something very fun that we want to do together. We're going to do a home brew experiment. I paused. Yes. I thought people would chime in and we could all say it together, but it, the no, vibe it, wasn't you, there. You, you, well, you had to time it right. And I didn't see a three and a two and a one on my screen. So yeah, I, I don't okay. know. That it's might fun. just be a me and you thing, Lori. So. Okay, it's true. It's okay. I'll learn it. I'll learn. I'll remember. <laughs> okay, so like, Homebrewing is like the ultimate experiment. Even if you're brewing like something very basic, you're always like, you don't freaking know what's going to happen. Like weird stuff could happen. So let's talk about something we can do. We're going to record this part of the episode, um, go back to our lives, brew, and then we'll try and triangle test. I guess there's three of us, but it might not be true. Yeah. Not a triangle. I think I came up with another kind of not it's not that going to be that that'd be like nine beers in front of us. That'd be like pretty complicated. Yeah. Um, I think that doesn't a cool sound that complicated. The, just, I mean, we could do it. I mean, it's possible. We could, if we want to go that route, it's like a tic-tac-toe. Okay. Start removing them. I mean, we could come up with a new one. We could, in any case, the idea I had, the initial idea I had was because you guys had proposed a, you know, experiment was, I think would be cool is since we have three different systems, I know Lori just started brewing. It's, it's new to you. We can mm -hmm. show you the ropes. She's, but, you she's know, getting there. She's I good. Mean, She's got the green father. She's working. Um, it's yeah, it's a no brainer. Green I'm not gonna lie. Perp, that's good. That's good. Um, so I, my idea was rather than just throw us in the deep end, start in the shallow water. We're all gonna brew the same recipe. The variable is us. The systems. <laughs> the systems, yes. And the the brewers. <laughs> the brewers. It's always a variable. You got to remember that. Yeah, true. There's always, there's always that variable. So. Um, I like this idea because, so when I started doing brewlosophy, uh, Marshall, uh, who runs brewlosophy, I've been, I've been reading brewlosophy, I mean, basically since it started, like someone posted a link at homebrew talk. I'm like, all right, I'm out of homebrew talk. I'm sorry. This is, this is where I'm going. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I, and I read, read it and I'm like, okay, I really like the, this data. I mean, again, never sell you on like, this is the way to do it. This is the end all be all. It's like, here's some data points, which is what science is. Here's a bunch of data points. You take a bunch of data points, you collect the data that seems to work together. You say, here's my new hypothesis and see if it works. And so one thing I did when I started doing philosophy, which was about a year ago now, I think he asked me just before the pandemic and then the pandemic happened. Uh, so I was like, had this, all these ideas. I had this big list of like experiments I want to do. He's like, all right, well, since we can't do that, everyone that's contributing, will just go back to old ones, but like brew a new beer 
and just basically repeat it for yourself since we can still make stuff. So we're doing that. So yeah. we're going back to old ones. So I've done like a dozen of them now. But the first thing is like, I have to start with, um, you know, I had a, a propane system and a five gallon. I'm like, oh, we need systems, right? So I got at the time, I mean, it's still popular today, the Brusillas came out and I got a couple of those and I already had the fermentation space and everything. So I was good to go. So I set those up and they started just brewing a couple batches just to learn it. And then I did my first few like blind, you know, simultaneous brews. And I mean, props to them. The system works very well. It's very simple. Um, so, and it matched well too. So that was good. Um, didn't really do any tweaks and then threw them in and did them. And so we've been running off to the races, but it was work to like, okay, I have to think about all those steps and then think, and then how I do it is I split my day about a half hour apart. So then I'm like starting the other one about a half hour. So they're all finishing around the same time. So I get the clean and all that stuff. So what would be, I think would be cool is now we have three different systems. Cause I have the Brusilla, <laughs> which is kind of like a grandfather, but it's got some differences in different, different brewer. Like we said, different variable brewer. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Tyler's mostly on propane, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you yeah. guys want to talk Casual about, party. if we can each talk about our systems, I guess. So you've got the, yeah, Brusilla, which is Zillas. Yeah. Um, do you want to like quickly explain what that is? Yeah. It's like a brew in a bag, but it's electric. Um, and it's 120 volt and it's five gallons. So I don't have, I live in an apartment. I don't have access to a bunch of 220, three phase bullshit. Same. You know, just simple, <laughs> simple stuff. Um, but it was cool was, you know, the system is, like I said earlier about like a gear. Uh, I mean, the system is not very expensive and it's your brew kettle mashed on all those things all in one. And it's all stainless. It's all nice. And it's got the controller and everything. So, you know, it's good. And so I did that. And then I have, I've been doing up until now, we just started getting me into some stainless steel buckets but I've been doing the PET carboy life. I've been living that for like a decade. You know what? I love it because PET carboys, <laughs> you can't break them. If you break them, they won't hurt you. And you just clean one thing. You don't have to like take them apart. They just work. And when they're bad, yeah, put them in the sour program or chuck them or make a trash can out of them or something. I don't know. You know yes. Okay. So, so we're all doing all grain. And this is the yeah. next, this is the next thing that we're going to come up against is our fermentation situation. So you're in you're in uh, V Town. You're in Oxnard, Ventura. Thousand Oaks. Thousand Oaks. What's the temp like? Are you? I got I got I got fermentation temperature control. I have to have that. So. La di da. Wait, we didn't even get to talk about my system. Talk about. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so these two, one's got the Brazilla, one's got the Grandfather, which are all in one electric systems, which are great. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I don't have one yet. I'm still just like hanging on to like the classic DIY. It's the romanticism. Yeah, it's of so it romantic. Cool. Yeah. It looks cool as hell. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm doing like classic cooler uh, mash tun situation um, on my patio. So my mash tun is a cooler. I got a false bottom. And then I have a, just like a stainless steel kettle on propane. I I was using a kegel for a little bit, but I'm kind of tired of it. So I bought a 15 gallon Bayou classic <laughs> pot because it's just easier to deal with. So yeah, that's my basic system. And then I actually just got a rims tube, which is a recirculating infusion mash system, which the Brazil and the grandfather do that automatically by themselves for the most part. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I could. I could say it's a little iffy, but I can talk about that later. Yeah, I mean, it's the same concept. Like you can. Yeah. Basically, it's set up to a PID controller, like similar to an Inkbird. Actually, yes, an Inkbird. 
And then I can uh, set the temperature and kind of bump it up or down without having to add water or whatever. So that's been my my most recent addition. And I fucking love it because I feel like my efficiency has gotten a bump and I don't know. It's cool. I like it. And I can like keep a steady mash temperature. That was my main frustration for a while. So yeah, I got shits all over the place. So that's nice. my system. What are you fermenting in? We just got buckets. We um, got I got? have mainly I use for monsters and glass carboys. Um, and I do oh, have to, to live in that live live living life by the edge of those glass carboys. I know. Honestly, I mostly got them because I'm doing all sorts of Brett and sour. Sure, shit. that's that's what I did. Yeah, yeah, no problem. No, no. But sweat. I do. I have fermentation control. I got two fridges, two ink birds. Sick, sick, yeah. sick. Good. So that's my setup. Lori? It's Lori's turn. Oh, I have the grandfather, which we've talked about on this show. And it's, I get, what is it, Tyler, like 80% efficiency? I'm still learning all that. Everything yeah. seems pretty that's easy. Pretty, that's pretty You've solid. you on it how many times now? Like three times, yeah? Three times now. I'm getting the hang of it. My only issue is I don't, I mean, I could, I could set up fermentation control, but I think it would just make it more, a little spicier if, if we didn't. I think it's a good idea. Just, just let's do, let's go for it. Yeah, I mean, obviously we should do an ale, but I think I, I can keep these temperatures under under seventy, under sixty. That's fine. Yeah. And then you know, many people do that for the beginning of it because, like, I don't know what to do. I think the only thing that changes that equation and only happened in the last couple of years is Kvike strains of yeast, which is like, who cares what temperature? Who care? You know, just hot is fine. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, let's do it. I think that's that's a great that's a great little uh, wrinkle. Yeah. Wait, did you mean like literal spicy or keep it spicy? Yeah. She's fi- I think she's and being I'll figuratively. Like. She's not adding uh-huh. spice. flavors. I know what's going to happen. The spicy I know a couple note. home brewers, they always got to add, they always got to go to the kitchen cabinet. They always got to add a little something. I'm like, no, maybe. Dude, Lori, this time, but... Lori and her cardamom. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. It's in, it's, it's in arm's reach. I could just hey, my coriander. Tyler, Tyler, I'm smelling this beer. Are you smelling? There's like a cardamom in I this? Think, yeah. <laughs> she put cardamom in this one, too. She found a way to incorporate it somehow. Wait. I put cardamom in one thing. Coriander. <laughs> That's all it takes is one thing. Coriander. No, we have a home, friend, friend of mine in grad school. He added curry to a beer once. He's never oh, lived that one down. Oh, no. <laughs> We don't do that, honey. You cook with one teaspoon of curry, and your house smells like curry for like three days. That's the beauty of I'm curry. I'm not opposed wow. to that, but well, there yeah. was a beer. There was a beer Biles pointed called in. I'm going to butcher this name. It's like Unda Canundra or something like that, and it was like a masala nice spiced stout. I no, don't tiki don't, masala me, stout. Stop. Okay, wait. We have Andy here. He's an engineer. I want to do this the right way. I want. Oh, great. Does anybody have like an Excel sheet? We might have to create one. Maybe. Um, I'll I'll create it. Wait, just kidding. Can I I ask a quick question? Have you guys done this on Brewlosophy already? Like the variable was the, uh, systems brewing systems. It could be, and I and I and I'll be the first to say I don't have the memory. You know, archives completely, and I know like the ones I remember the most, like personally. Um, and I'm just trying to think if they've done it. I want to say we have, but it's, the thing is, it's a little tough to do the system comparison when it's like, 
okay, hit the mash temps, hit the efficiencies, hit all that. So it's like you have to know your two systems really well. Yeah. I think there's been ones where like two brewers swapped like inter like interstate like okay i'm gonna brew this thing here you bring this thing here and then we're gonna swap bottles like, like in shipping but not like local i don't believe a local one i i mean and i could be very wrong i know there's a couple guys that live very close to each other so they could if they wanted to but i think what i've noticed in the brewlosophy thing and it's not a ding on brewlosophy it's just reality is that people's systems have gotten better and better and better and when i started it's like oh we're back to like little league with a oh the little 110 system five gallons what was this you know you know pet what's that what's that material you know that kind of stuff but i like that i'm give myself a plug because it's more like how people other people brew that are reading the website yeah. and not the jacked out you know full full stainless i was gonna systems, say i so. think most people brew the way we brew i mean come to simi valley come get a brewzilla only four hundred dollars um but uh, yeah, I think most people brew the way we do, and it's getting more common because not everyone wants this crazy three-tier madness that takes up a bunch of space, and it's just like a hassle to deal with. And and, and you were you were never going to get people to buy a lot of those, right? There's always going to be for certain people um, that had the expense they could. So yeah. that's why I like the I like the the, the grain father and the Brazil in the sense that it's giving that another tier. Um, that's more than like, okay, let me go spend a bunch of money on propane and these kettles and stuff that like they're uni, they're really only good for one thing. They only kind of do, you know, they're, you know, some people don't like multi-purpose stuff, but in the case of brewing, like just the one thing, yeah. I, I clean it and I put it away and that's it. Like, that's pretty good. It's simple. It's accessible for a lot of like older Accessible brewers. is the right word, yeah. I think. Right. Accessible too. Accessible is the right word. Yeah. Cool. So the hypothesis is... I forgot what a hypothesis is. I haven't said hypothesis. Well, a hypothesis is a question you ask to then test. So if the hypothesis is would be, you know, will our systems be different? So I don't know if having three different beers is really a great test, but it's the test we're going to have. And it's, I think it's going to make for great It'll radio. Fun. So uh, <laughs> we could do the. So what I would say is so then we're all kegging. Is that an accurate statement? We can all keg beer. What's a keg? We could. <laughs> and we could also... We could also fuck with that with packaging too. Well, that's the thing. That's what's kind of getting at, or maybe what I was thinking was we could all keg it and then all put it in bottles. And then we can all have the same color caps or whatever. So we can try to be as like the same as possible. So that when we're tasting it, because if we do this again, it'd be kind of a similar process, just change another thing in the recipe. And then we're all bottling off of kegs. Then at least that's the same. I don't bottle so that, off of kegs. Okay, you don't bottle off of kegs. We'll figure it like, out. I we'll, like we'll, don't know how to do it. I don't want we'll to. We'll show it. you're gonna learn. You're gonna you learn how to do it. For this I'll one. let you borrow my bottle gun. The bottle, I was gonna keg condition this fucking thing too. Come on. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. That's good. You can do that. You can can condition it. Um, can condition is not that hard actually, but uh, imagine yeah. it's the same. That's for different. That's a different experiment. I think it is okay, the same. We'll do that next there time. was there was some fear. I guess I heard from some people in the professional side of can conditioning of stacking cans as they're carbonating. I don't know if that, that sounds like a, yeah, no, we actually, that sounds like kind of some we bullshit. We talked about that in an episode. Mm. The pressure. Uh, there's some pr people are worried about it's maybe the head, the down. They can, they can condition and they, you only can stack them so high. Okay. So only so high, that would make more sense. So that was the quick. So someone told me don't do more than a level. I'm like, Oh, okay, Sure. It would make sense, like, if you go too high, you're just going to crush the can below it, and then mm -hmm. the pressure and the force is going to, you know, explode something. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. Beer manufacturing is so dangerous. 
Uh-huh. It is very dangerous. It's not an easy. It's not an easy <laughs> game. All right. So what's this? What are we brewing? What are what the heck are we brewing here? So I think I think just to make it simple mm-hmm. is like American Pale Ale. That's what I would propose to do. APA. APA. Mm-hmm. You know your base malts, your 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 caramel malt maybe two hops like a bittering hop and then you pick your flavoring hop you don't need to use the same for both and then run it out english you know american ale yeast just run that to ground time um and then yeah that's it okay well let's talk water real quick sure is all ro the same um it, it depends if you're gonna put my day job hat on it depends um <laughs> I'm going to say that's perfectly fine for us just to use as a base. Wherever our RO comes from is is good. RO only removes, and I'm going to get a lot of mentions for this. RO only removes 90% of the minerals. So if you have a lot of minerals, it's only going down 90%, which is a lot. I'm not going to say that's nothing, but it's a lot. I think that the variable of that little what's left is not a problem. And then if we want to build a water profile back, then we'll talk about that too. So Okay. Yeah, I, I, that's a good question because, I mean, I go get my water from uh, my local water store. And, I mean, they have all the crazy filters and stuff, but, like, how do we know each fil- people filter the same? There are, are going to be subtle differences. So unless we, yeah. ad- I mean, we could all adjust the, the chemistry if that's – if you I, I think it'd be, swing it's, that way. For, I don't listen to a lot of philosophy. I don't know your – you know, I have no idea who I am. No. I think what we can do is <laughs> the following is that we all start with RO and we all add the same amount of minerals. Yeah, that would yes. be good. That's okay. it. That's simple, right? That's exactly like kind of the test because the test is, I'm trying to, I think the real test is, can we taste the difference in our stuff? So, and then I think what will be fun once we get down to the road of tasting the beers is like, oh shit, they all taste different or oh shit, they all taste the same. Cause I think both answers are pretty cool, right? Totally. I mean, it's like. Yeah, that would, I'm excited. That would be crazy if they all tasted the same. My head would explode, kind of. Honestly, I like have never been more excited for a pale ale. <laughs> Actually, I, I we made a pale ale recently. Shout out to Brujeria. Mm. And if you have a chance to get out to Brujeria and Pico Rivera, try our pale ale. It's very delicious. Oh, it's on now because they saw the pictures, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Get a few cans. Got to do that. Yeah. I know. They try is a little far, but. Yeah, whatever. I drive everywhere. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, pre-pandemic, I would drive all everywhere all the time. I can I can make a a jaunt. Yes, go pick it okay, up. Okay, so I'm pumped. Let's talk good. about. Um. Okay, so this is a recipe that you've used before. Uh, no, I'll just come up off the fly. You'll I'll come up with it. it. Okay. It's going to be basically Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. I think if we, unless we find like an interesting hop to use, like if we all take a big bag, like a one pound bag of hops, chop it up in three. And then we all use the same, like, you know, base, you know, base malt. I don't really care, but, you know, we could do that. And crystal malt, I think we should keep the same and find the hop. Um, you know, who's, which hop will it be? I don't know. I don't we know might have is the same person preparing all of our ingredients. Yeah. I, I, so I know then, where there's a lot of one pound bags of hops. Yeah. Um, one yes. pound bags, yeah. <laughs> I know. Of someone. hops. Just of hops. We yeah. also have um, one ounce bags of like really cool hops. I don't know if you want to experiment uh, a little nah uh, i'm kind of off the one ounce bag keep it classic personally well, i like the one ounce well, I, well i'll say i'll say why i'll say why that that sounds a little mean to the one ounce bags i i like buying the one pound bags because i brew small enough batches that i can reuse that bag a few times so if i'd say oh man this bag is really good 
I feel more confident in using those hops. If I get a one ounce bag, it's like, well, <clears throat> is it five dice rolls? Is it, you know, is one bag going to be good and like two bad and stuff? So I like having the source yeah. be the same. I guess the only reason I say that is because like we get one ounce bags of like, cr- like crazy hops that no one would ever really buy like a, a, a big portion of. So we're not going to get like one pound bags of this. We're just get like little one. I would. Bags. Yeah, I think. I would do that for like bittering hops. Like I only need an ounce of bittering hops and I don't care what the flavor is. Makes sense. Makes sense. Cause we have had a guy, a thousand oaked meeting where they took a bunch of beers. They dry hopped Coors light, different hops and you can smell no. and taste and stuff. It's really fun. Have you even ever done that? Um, we're going to do it now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And we did it in a circle, you know, just round table. This was just pre, this was like a few months before COVID started. Right. So it's, this is why it's fresh in my mind. But like, you know, we we're all sitting around, didn't know anything about which hop it was, just eight of them. And it's like, all right, do you like it? Not like it? What do you think? Um, I swear. One of them smelled like Sharpies. Actually, more than one smelled like Sharpies, but like one was like specifically very Sharpie. You know, I've smelled a lot of Sharpies. Oh, okay. And, and I'm like, what is this? this is so bad. Like, I was like, this is the standout worst one. It was by far on the table, like the worst one. It was Galaxy. It was Galaxy. I was like, oh, man, this was like a very expensive bag of hops. And it was terrible. I'm like, and it was my friend, Matt. And it's like, Matt, you can, I need to smell this because I have a bag of Galaxy at home. And I'm like, I'm now you're got me scared. You're going to be so worried. Um, and, he, and I give him like an ounce or two of that bag. And then he gives, he was like, I don't even want the, the, the pound. He's like, take it home. And man, it doesn't the, the base hops don't smell like Sharpies, but they don't smell good. They don't smell good at all. So it kind of helps me realize, you know, you can always have a bad batch, but you can get a bit of that, like, how bad is it going to be by smelling the hops ahead of time. So it's it's not a pleasant smell, I guess. Put it that way. Their hops should smell pleasant. They can have a kind of a weird, if you're not used to it, of course, but like this smell bad. So what uh, what do you like to drink and brew mostly? Like you're, you're really into hops. I'm getting. Tell me. Yeah, no, I, I am. I think, you know, if I, if I was going to reach for anything, you know, usually I'm drinking hoppy beers. He's um, a hazy I'm boy. Brew pretty. Yeah, I drink some hazies. Uh, uh, the, uh, you know, I grew up on West Coast IPAs, really, and that's still where I go. I think now that we see more lagers, I'm drinking more of those. But, you know, I'll drink pretty much anything. You know, there's not many styles I don't I don't like. Um, I think what I, I think the issue I have these days is I have a lot of cellar beers. I have a lot of breweries. I've bought their special beers and stuff. And it's like always a trouble to find like a, a moment to, to have those. So it's kind of like, well, I'm going to have it. And whatever happens, the rest of the bottle happens, the rest of the bottle. But I just have a, you know, cash of beers and I've um, tried to try to cut down on those sellers, but uh, the seller keeps going. It's okay. Cause you better brew a batch of homebrew and you're going to save it. You're like, all right, here's two more cases. I don't know where to put it. I don't have no one to give it to these days. So um, yeah. Yeah. But I pretty much brew everything. But I mean, hoppy beers and I mean, I like I really like hops. I think that's the main thing. I think I'm finally getting a little bit more of a thing for like the smaller dosing of hops, like a light note of a noble hop against the malt. So you're getting both two plus two equals five, and not just like hop time, hop time, hop mm-hmm. time. So I'm, and it, philosophy taught me that a lot. I think, and actually, in the year of brewing so far, is that like because I can only make that's I guess the downside of these electric systems is they you really can't go super high OG. I think I could go to like 1080 if I like really wanted to. And that's like pushing it. Like I'm breaking something at that point. Yeah. Um, so I go to the propane system when I need to go bigger. Um, but the, uh, you know, the, the nuances of some hops and we did a malt one where I actually compared 
just the same malt producer, but just Lova Bond, base malt Lova Bond difference. I couldn't tell a difference. Couldn't, could, you couldn't tell a difference. You could see a difference. You put them in two clear glasses. They absolutely look different, mm-hmm. but you couldn't taste a difference when it was blind. So, um, you know, there's what I think we're seeing, you know, we see it a little bit in the experiment stuff and I see it not the homebrew shops as much as the more U.S. produced craft malts is finally coming around. It's just so much more expensive. Like people are like, oh, my base malt and whatever that costs. No, like, how about double? Uh, I don't know about that. But I do think you're getting more flavor for that doubling. So that, I think, might be another thing that happens. I mean, yeast has always been around. Hops. I don't know. And there's just more products for everyone out there now than there used to be. So I'm seeing more malt, but I'm still, I just still drink so many hoppy beers. It's like stupid. It's okay. I'm a yeasty girl. So we all have Mm. our... I have so much yeast. I have like this drawer just full of yeast, like wild yeast, normal yeast. And I'm like, I don't even have all this yeast is going to expire before I'm able to like brew something for it. So that's all good. But um, all right. So let's do a quick review. So Andy Carter, dope ass brewer, home brewer legend. Um, oh, wait, sorry. I meant to review the uh, experiment. So, <laughs> yeah, here we go. Um, okay, so we're all going to brew an American Pale Ale. Clean and correct. Andy's going to give us a recipe. Me and Lori and Andy are going to brew it on our own respective systems. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you make that yep, face, That's Lori? correct. I'm going to do worried. it all by myself. Yeah. Dude, you're good. You're good. You got this. I'm good. You have, you, I'm have good. A, you have a hotline. You have a 24-7 hotline to two other brewers. What do you want? I, like, use that hotline a little too much. <laughs> I I hotline, but... You're fine, Lori. You... When I was a kid, I was a kid, I was a kid, like, the Nintendo magazine would have, like, a like a, like a a paid number you could call for, like, tips <laughs> or whatever, like, two or three minutes at a time. Like, okay, it's, like, 20, 30 bucks now, Lori. Oh you know, gosh. I don't know if this may be. Oh, my gosh. We have to start the home brewer, like, emergency hotline. Uh, okay sorry that's a different episode that's a different app that's we'll do we'll do that um all right okay so we're going to brew it on our respective systems ferment it i guess mostly uh the same i mean start start the same temperature and i think we could I, i would like i think it's important we're she's got her own system you we have our temperature control yeah and we're going to start at the same temperature we're going to hold 66 67 ish she's going to do what she's going to do and then we're going to see if they're clean if if there's clearly two beers that are the same and one's different and then oh shit that was this that was that maybe it's wrong maybe we're all wrong maybe our our notions our preconceived notions are all completely wrong and that'd be cool okay you know part of the experiment cool and then package it keg it we're all gonna keg Mm -hmm. yep Yes. We're all going to keg. Okay, we're all going to keg. Lori, I'll bring the beer gun over. We will package from the beer gun. Pew, pew. Soup's easy. Yes. And then we're Super going easy. to drink nine bottles of beer. Was that how that ended? Or I think, so there's, <laughs> yes. okay, there's two ideas. I, 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 I really like this now that we're doing it. You know, there was before this episode some discussion, but I like the live idea of nine different glasses where there's three of each. <laughs> And you have to pick some number of them randomly. I mean, and then try to figure out that. See, the thing is, that gets into a data nightmare. That's a cubic level. That's a lot of data. I'm in. Let's do it. I mean, we're not, we're probably not going to, unless you want to, Andy, record data. Like, I'm just going to be there to, like, no, don't, don't take data. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. Just for funsies. Just, no, no. Um, for funsies. 
But I mean, they don't have to be like 16 ounce, like pint glasses of beer. You just do little no. tasters. No, we do them one ounce at a time. I, if I was going to do this live, I'm hoping to do one with the lockdowns kind of coming up out a little bit. I, I'm hoping to get one out in the next few months, a real experiment. Okay. Um, with your know, data, you know, I, I think what we could do is, I think the the thing that's good for the podcast is we're going in blind, right? So the we will not know other than like maybe we'll know who's our who who I package. Like I, I would imagine I might know which one beer is mine, but I might not know which two of yours, vice versa, right? So we mix them up. We do the same cap, same bottles, you know, same everything. Mm-hmm. We try to be consistent, um, and then we pour them, and then with glasses we can see everything and be like okay, well, I see these are different or see these are different. Okay, fine. But then taste them or you do them blind. But the cool part is that we don't know which we shouldn't. And ideally, we shouldn't know whose is whose. And then we have the reveal, right? We have the, you know, we said, okay, whose cap is this? And we, you know, the scratcher scratch the lit, lit off the cap. Oh, it was, you know, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Maybe, so maybe we... we can do that. We can actually, do, I know how to do the scratchers with, with hot glue and uh, glitter. I know <laughs> I've done that before. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see when we, you know, obviously so we haven't brewed the beer yet um yeah and you know maybe in like two or three weeks when this beer is ready we'll be comfortable enough to like kind of meet in person and do this i think that would be fun we can try i don't know we'll see yeah we'll see we'll see i love it we're gonna julia child this episode with the podcast magic (laughs) so we'll take a break and we'll come back with some brewed beer magically tasted by this little trifecta of cuteness. Yep. Oh, the All trifecta right. of cuteness. I love that. That's what the episode's going to be called. <laughs> <laughs> Should we try my, my experiment? Uh, do you want to bring us beer? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. Well, I brought oh, one out. You, I'm fully vaxxed. I'm halfway vaxxed. And we'll see. And- we'll see what we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I get one in May or something. <laughs> oh right, because you're young. Well, I'm, I'm I'm young, and moderately healthy, and work. I work in an industry that could have taken it. I just haven't been approved for it yet. Uh, you know, critical infrastructure. Um, so maybe you. Yeah. All right. Wait. Before we get into vaccination, go to Walgreens. We're gonna wrap this episode. <laughs> All right. Um. So. Andy, we will brew everything. We'll keep you guys updated. Follow us on Instagram at Brewed Up Podcast. Andy, please give us your handle so that everyone can follow you because you're rad. Unless you don't want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. So I, no, of course I can. Uh, Dell.beer, D E L D O T B E E R on Instagram. Uh, but you know, you should check out uh, Brewlosophy. We post a ton of great stuff, especially if you're listening to this podcast. I'm sure you're going to get a ton out of it. Um, tons of brewing, just knowledge. And pod, there's a newer podcast called The Brew Club, which is pretty cool. Or sorry, called the Brew Lab, which is pretty cool. It's looking at academic papers and uh, looking at research they're doing and stuff in in academia. It's pretty cool. Nerdy as fuck. Very cool. Let's do very it. Cool. All right. Very cool. Andy, thanks for coming on. And we'll be back in maybe like a couple episodes. I think so. We'll figure it out. But we'll see you guys next time. Andy, Lori, love you to death. Bye-bye. No one else wants to say bye? Oh, bye. Bye. See (laughs) you.
Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed this show. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Root Up Podcast and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Brood Up is a hopped LA podcast. The Brood Up music is produced by LA legend producer Elusive. Thank you.